welcome to the Spacebar podcast. Uh, on this episode, we're going to be talking all about Magento. So what's going on in the current world of Magento, um, Magento development, and also what does the future look like? Um, and on this episode, we have our technical director, Nick Jones. We've got our Magento practice lead, Thomas, and I'm not even going to try and pronounce your surname, Thomas. I do apologize. Um, and, <laughs> and then we've also got Willem, who is part of the Hoover team, basically the inventor, the, the creator of Hoover, and also a Magento developer. So welcome to the podcast, guys. Hello. Hello, and thank you. <laughs> I've listened so, to so many episodes, it's nice to finally be on. Cheers for the invite, Paul. Yeah. More than welcome, mate. You know, technical director, you might as well get an invitation sooner or later. So. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're going to get, we'll get straight into it. And um, so recently, um, in the world, there's a lot of change in the world of Magento slash Adobe slash Magento. I can't really keep up at the moment what, what we're actually calling it these days. But um, with, with regards to kind of the recent summit, the recent update, um, in terms of the kind of key takeaways, Thomas, should I start with you and we'll talk about, you know, some of the key things that you've taken away from, from what's going on in the summit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think you've kind of touched on it um, already in a way. Um, that the the main takeaway for me was um, about how Adobe is embracing Magento um, as as part of their offering um, and integrating it um, into into their platform services and and it started with the news of the name change that I think happened just before the summit um, and um, one of the very interesting things uh, watching different um, different talks during the summit is that depending on uh, where the person is coming from, who's, who's presenting, they refer to it differently. So I, I saw um, sort of core Adobe people uh, talk about it as Adobe Commerce uh, without mentioning Magento at all. I saw yeah. um, I saw kind of Magento heads or previous Magento heads referred as uh, Adobe Commerce powered by Magento. Um, so keeping a little tie in there. Um, and when it comes down to kind of Magento community leads, then it's just Magento. There's no mention of Adobe at all yet. Um, so it feels like there's a transition, um, but the transition is that um, Adobe are kind of trying to um, make better use of what we they got with Magento, um, the, the capabilities and, and kind of introduce it to the rest of their services and introduce it as part of their platform. Yeah. Um, and. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting to start seeing how Adobe are kind of trying to uh, integrate all of their services with with their platform, really starting to cross-sell everything. I think um, it's interesting kind of looking back at like the Magento 1 projects that we were doing like eight or nine years ago and how the assumption was very much like everything needs to be in the build. Like there was no Nostro, there was no Cleview, there was no Fact Finder, there was no kind of third-party service that used to tie in. Um, yeah. And now I wonder whether, you know, bringing that into Adobe, having all these cross-sell things that you can just plug in and play I assume as part of the license fee as well. Like maybe that's a big part of it. Like maybe that's their play with Magento is to is to do that. So yeah, seeing that kind of pivot is interesting. Um, and I, I wonder how that would affect kind of our conversations with customers going into it, like with, with them wanting to use Sensei over, over some of the other things we recommend. Do, what do you guys think about some of the items you know that that are available and the features that they were talking about coming out because I don't think it was it wasn't necessarily a huge summit for new features that are available right now. It was probably a bit more forward facing, you know, about what's coming down the down the track kind of thing. What were the kind of key uh, key areas that you thought you know things that are available now? 
Uh, yeah, I think the, the main things that are available now were uh, the Adobe Sensei integrations that they kind of keep expanding. Um, so the the kind of search solution that they've got, um, I think they've uh, introduced a um, visual search uh, that I wasn't sure if it's available now or if it's going to be available in the, in the near future, but basically um, being able to um, look at a product, uh, look at the product's image and recommend similar products um, that match that image is just kind of one of the new AI-based solutions. Um, and then, um, yeah, the other thing was um, the additional features with B2B, like Adobe Sign integration. So being able to um, sign documents as part of your purchase flow, uh, which is very important for B2B customers, being able to sign a purchase order. Um, and yeah, like Nick said, everything seems to be coming in now as uh, kind of a, an Adobe SaaS service that it, that becomes available for Magento rather than your old school kind of an additional module in Magento that does features out of the box, um, which I think, again, it, it kind of shows how the platform is just basically being assimilated into the wider world of um, of Adobe. Um, and they mentioned that their, their kind of ultimate goal is to uh, provide all of these features for you as as an API, as a way for you to pick and choose what you want from it uh, and build your solution on top of Adobe's platform, um, as opposed to just kind of getting Magento and what works out of the box. How will that yeah. change how we approach projects? Will that, will that uh, what will the change? But will that then be more like a SaaS practice in, in terms of how we approach projects, maybe on the SaaS side of the business instead of approaching things in that way? Or how, what, what are the changes that you see that that bringing in in terms of how we deliver projects? I think it, for, for me, I think it accelerates like the headless question um, and what we do around that because I'm, as, as you guys know, I'm, I'm not like the biggest headless believer or fan right now. Um, I don't I don't think the tech is mature enough. I don't think it fits the agency model like really well yet. Um, unless you've got kind of significant investment behind essentially your own platform, like your own headless client and your own thing that you can license out to customers. Um, then you get the lock-in question and it's like, you know, fantastic. I'm, I'm paying this license fee to Magento. I'm paying this license fee to BigCommerce, but I've still got a, you know, I'm still locked into your headless platform and I don't actually own that, you know, that part of it. Um, so I think, I think that that's interesting. Um, and, and it might be the kind of, the way that we end up going but then then you've got the the pwa studio aspect of it and then maybe maybe the kind of i almost feel like pwa studio was a rush by magento you know to kind of um keep up with the fad you know the pwa the headless the kind of the kind of fad that they were trying to stick with trying to catch up with rather on on other platforms and i wonder if we'll look at that kind of in four or five years time and go oh now it makes sense like maybe, yeah. maybe they were actually like looking kind of a decade almost into the future uh, ahead of what they wanted to do with Magento, and um, um, and yeah, it, it almost kind of kind of fit in, um, fit in at that point. But um, yeah, PW Studio um, and, and Venue isn't something that that we're using internally for our projects. We have we are very much kind of a Hoover a Hoover house, if you like. Um, mm. we, we're, we're definitely, we're investing heavily in Hoover and understanding Hoover and getting our team up to speed on it. Um, and we're hoping to contribute back to on the, on the B2B aspect of it as well, because those are the, the two first sites we're kind of using it on and kind of naturally there's a, there's a gap as, as I'm sure you can go into Villain on the, um, on the B2B kind of feature side of, of Hoover, just cause it's not, 
it's not normal. Um, you know, Columbus has covered it, but um, yeah, Villain, what's your what's your kind of take on on, on PWA Studio and and that kind of approach to to implementing um, Magento sites? I feel like that's a loaded question, but um, I, I'm interested to, to know your thoughts. Yeah, I think those that um, know me and the product that I built um, know that I decided to um, provide an alternative path um, to not have to wander into PWA world and especially the spa world, the single page application, JavaScript heavy, headless you know, <laughs> it's yeah. uh, it's uh, we're doing bingo with um, high ports, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't think it's great, um, and um, I think it it serves a certain market, uh, uh, a more enterprise market, where there's a lot of budget and a lot of knowledge available to build bespoke front ends. Um, and I guess if you're Adobe and you're looking towards a, for, uh, a future where um, you want to get rid of the monolith, uh, meaning the big Magento uh, on-premise self-hosted installation, um, they want to get rid of that because that doesn't fit their product line. That doesn't that doesn't fit into their Adobe Cloud with products that you just um, click to toggle on and then you have a subscription and you have a Sensei or you have a, a content management system or you have um, uh, an extra search application. Um, I've infamously tweeted about this two years ago at Magento Live uh, Europe uh, when they were announcing only Adobe integrations and no new features into Magento. Um, I, I started a conversation there on Twitter about um, that I suspect in a few years, Magento is an application that you click in your cloud account in Adobe and you'll have a web shop. And um, several Magento employees rushed towards me after the session that I uh, attended, um, asking me how I got that impression, um, seemingly as if they want to um, if they wanted to check if they needed to change their communication or that they 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 showed too much of their intentions, but um, I I felt that from the beginning Adobe for me is not really as a company a fit for an open source PHP product. So I've been awaiting the moment where this would be revealed more and more. Um, and I think it fits with, with the customers that they want to serve. They want to serve very high-level enterprise customers. Um, and this... Yeah, it, it, fe it feels like a, a move across into kind of commerce tools territory, doesn't it? I don't know if you guys are familiar with, with that platform, but like the kind of the API first, the really strong API, um, and the kind of the rest is left to you. And I think I think you're right in what you're saying. It's a different type of customer. Like it's... It, I think it better suits kind of internal teams, like speaking kind of selfishly from the Space 48 perspective, I guess it, it much, um, much better suits tech teams that have internal stakeholders that really have the time to invest in, in that kind of platform. Because it is a massive investment. Like even though you've got the e-commerce APIs that you can use, there's still so much infrastructure around kind of what you've got to do to um, 
to run a headless project like that. And I, I'm, I'm curious um, with your, uh, Willem, with your experience with PW Studio and your kind of decision then to move to, to Hoover as kind of a better alternative to that. Like what was, what was the problems that you found with PW Studio and what, what do you think you've kind of solved there with, with Hoover? So to be very honest, I've looked into PW Studio and did a few hackathons where I looked into it and I just decided that it's not for me. Um, um, the agency where um, I worked for the past two and a half years, Intergenet uh, from, from Germany, um, they first looked into Deity, a, a React-based PWA solution. They were partner and, and tried that for, uh, I guess, almost two years, uh, awaiting for that to be future feature complete and ready to be used. And then they moved on to trying out Fuse Storefront because it got a lot of traction. Uh, they spent one and a half year, they invested in getting to know that platform and uh, run, run a few projects with that. Um, and that's where they, where they got stuck um, in a way where um, developers just weren't happy doing that work. And we were just super frustrated with, um, with the technical impl uh, uh, implications of working with middlewares um having your headless front end communicate with something that's tying it with magento and other services and it would take us two weeks to solve an issue with a paypal integration because something got lost in the middleware and we had no idea how to debug it and why we we would put in some data and nothing came back or we didn't get a proper and that's that's just if it's um it's not enjoyable I, as a developer to work with stuff that's working against you. Um, and and um, well, there's, there's a few issues with, P, uh, with PWA solutions, or I should say single page applications, um, that I just don't enjoy working with. I, I don't want to work with JavaScript only. It feels very much like the time um, when we worked with uh, uh, Flash uh, eight to ten years ago, I did nothing but Flash applications, which, which, funnily, is very similar to what we're doing with single-page applications now. And we moved away from that to have a more native web experience with with things that your browser uh, offers as, as capabilities. And everything that's amazing about PWA is offered by your browser. That's not offered by JavaScript or by by your JavaScript framework. Uh, any of those features can be built with with a plain PHP application as well. Um, we we can move into that territory with Huva as well in the future. Um, having service workers, having um, um, notifications in the browser, um, background uh, uh, service workers, uh, all of that is possible without using a JavaScript framework. And uh, for me, it's just having uh, having a enjoyable developer experience and so far everyone that's joined also seems to want to hold on to the php version of magento um, and and uh, do what they're best at and we have so many php developers worldwide that are experienced with magento hundreds of thousands if not more um, and they're just not all interested capable or suited to move into the JavaScript only territory. 
That's just that you need a, a, a specific type of developer and person to do heavy JavaScript development. Um, so that don't, you don't just need to enjoy that, you need to be able to do it as well. And a lot of people don't want to change <laughs> in that way. Yeah, I, I, think, I think it's interesting what you're saying there. Like, to speak again specifically about, about Space 48, like we, we're, we're recruiting heavily right now and front-end roles is something we're hiring for. And some of those are just Shopify and big commerce kind of front-end roles. And you almost can't call them front-end developers anymore because every front-end developer that we come across uh, is a React developer now. Um, and that's all they want to do is, is kind of react and fair enough. There's loads of react jobs around, you know, so why wouldn't you be, but you almost have like a UI developer that's a HTML and CSS, you know, person. And then the JS like engineer, maybe that's a JS guy. Um, and they're, they're very different. They're very different roles. Like, as you say, and it's, it's not, it's not trivial to, to move back across. And then you kind of, I feel like then all of your solutions are kind of implemented using React and the React ecosystem, which isn't always the fastest in the world, isn't always the easiest. And so you kind of, it ties in as well to that move that, we, that we've seen definitely over the past kind of five or six years where we've moved from that monolithic gold base then out to microservices. And I feel like we're coming right back now um, where people have realized, actually, I don't want to maintain kind of 15 repositories and 15 services that do like individual things. Like there's actually an overhead to that. Um, and so I want to come back and I want to just have an, have an easier way to do it. And yeah, it's interesting you're talking about the middleware. It's like, it shouldn't be that hard, should it? You know, it's, it, it's, it's almost solving a problem that doesn't need to exist. Like I'm, I'm sure there's counter arguments. There definitely are counter arguments and, um, you know, to all of this, but it's, I, I guess at the end of the day, it's just, uh, it's just an, an opinion and, and a way that you want to do things. And there's, I guess there's multiple correct ways to do it, depending on, on where you've come from. Um, yeah, as a, as a developer, it's a matter of preference and and what 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 suits you well. And I guess there's definitely there's a market for PWA and for React heavy applications. And there are developers that are into that space. And there there are developers that are into middlewares where you have a black box and you do magic there. Um, but that's not me, and it's not a lot of people that I know in the Magento space. And um, I've been working with Magento nearly 10 years, and uh, I, en I enjoy understanding this beast from the inside and the outside. And um, it's a super powerful tool for me. And I'm not looking to move beyond that framework because I enjoy working with that, uh, especially when we solve all the issues that, that we're solving with Huva. Um, I think the backend is very enjoyable to work with. Of course, there's always things we can touch on that are not perfect, but um, the front end was a big pain point. Uh, Adobe slash Magento um, um, convinced basically everyone that it was helpless and we couldn't solve the current front end and PWA was the only solution to tackle the issues we had um, and the only way to get a performant front end. Um, and we proved, we proved them wrong. And we, we opened up an alternative path with a front-end that right now outperforms any PWA front-end that's available for Magento. And uh, we do it by relying on capabilities of a browser that don't require you to ship megabytes of JavaScript to a browser. Um, we have... We have kilobytes that we send to a browser, and it's displayed fast and beautifully. <laughs> 
So if we're look if we're looking at obviously that journey because the, there's PWA that's been in the market. There's obviously the Lumen theme, which is the the kind of legacy uh, kind of front end theme, which um you know is has proved challenging. And I think the the emphasis even more so in 2021, obviously on page speed, mobile, uh, you know, page loading speed, reducing amounts of JavaScript, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, when you were originally setting out to say right, okay. I'm not happy with what I'm seeing here. I want to do something new, Willem. When you know when you were starting, how how did it come about that you were right? Okay, I'm just going to create my own theme, or I'm going to you know I'm going to build my own front end. Give us give us the understanding of the beginning of that story because I think it's fascinating the fact that you're at where you're at. But I'm I'm interested at how it started because I understand the problem. But how do you go about doing? You know, how do you start? What step one look like in that plan? Yeah, that's a good anecdote there. But let me start with the, um, the the background that I had at the moment that I started working on it. Um, being a victim of Magento 2.0, uh, losing my agency there over the the countless issues that were in that alpha release that was released as being stable. Um, I ended up working at Intergenet, uh, where I I, um, I learned so much in the, in, in, in front end perspective, optimizing the various performance issues that were there. Um, I spent nearly a year working on several projects at Intergenet, just optimizing the way that JavaScript was loaded there. Um, and that started with advanced bundling, and then the bundler from uh, uh, Adam Levine. Um, uh, Magento uh, uh, employee, he released a, a tool to analyze the JavaScript being used in the front end and how to, um, well, repackage that and send it to a browser in a way that Google would still kind of accept it as okay. Um, and, and it would offer a better um, UX or experience for your customer. Um, so I spent a lot of time um, trying to solve those issues. But um, bottom line, um, you're sending megabytes of JavaScript to a browser. And that was an issue that you can't solve with Luma. Um, and currently, you can't solve it with PWA solutions as well. They, they also ship megabytes to a browser. Um, but having invested so much time to try to tackle that um, and being pushed back by Google every time we had a proper solution, uh, we would we would finally be at the point that we got a, a shop from zero page speed score to somewhere in the 90. And then Google came with an update and they just said, well, now we're going to make it just a extra strict on the amount of JavaScript that you send. Or, or anyway, the algorithm would change and they would drop back down below 60 in performance. Uh, so that's still better than zero, but it felt like a worthless effort to keep per persuading um, improving that front end. And it just, it, the whole Luma front end is just not enjoyable to work with. Um, it takes too much time to do anything on Luma. Um, especially with UI components, meaning checkout related uh, stuff. It's just too, too much work uh, because there's too many layers of abstraction and, and, and complexity. Um, so when my wife actually asked me for a web shop um, last year in January, 
I seriously doubt it doing that with Magento. Um, so I I thought about using um, Shopware, for, exa for example. I actually installed Shopware and tried out a demo and running the CLI there and seeing all the stuff that was happening just to install it that I didn't understand. I felt so demotivated, just like, oh, there's so much I'm going to have to learn about this platform. And I know so much about the Magento platform. I understand so many of the of the complexity that I, I mean, I know it from inside and outside and um, as complex as it is, I enjoy being so good at it. Um, and I played around with Shopware for, I think, two days and, uh, and I dropped it because I just was just not interested in learning a new framework. Um, so that, that, that left me with doing something with Magento that would be fun. Um, and since my wife makes jewelries and she has a collection of maybe 12 products at most at one time, I thought, how hard could it be to create a custom team that just displays a category page with 12 products? Probably not even late navigation or pagination or anything, just plain simple template files. And I've been very um, intrigued by the Laravel world, a PHP community that... Uh, is innovating at the highest rate that I've seen um, on any platform online currently. Um, the tooling and, and just the, the stuff that's being built with PHP um, is super inspiring. And it made me jealous. I think if I would quit Magento, I would do Laravel world uh, work just because it's such an interesting community and, and um, um, space to work as well. Um, so... I tried to bring over that developer experience and those tools to Magento. I thought if so many people are having so much fun on the other side using those tools, I'm going to try and bring those into the Magento world um, for my own sake, because I was building one web shop and I want to enjoy that experience. Um, I love how this is actually the, the perspective of, of where you're coming from there, almost like the driver or, or the things that have that have driven you is is probably the worst client that you could ever have, right? And it's your other half or your partner. Uh, so uh, well done for even taking on that project. But, you know, the, the fact that where you're coming from is a place of, I want to solve a problem that I've got, that I'm passionate about, how I build it. You were ne you, you're almost like the, the foundation of where you were thinking wasn't uh, necessarily in like a commercial space, it was more. I need to solve this problem, and I want to have fun while I'm doing it. So I think that that aspect of it is is fascinating. The the fact that you've come first and foremost to to take on um, a client, uh, a challenging client, maybe or, or maybe a good client. I don't know, but the um, I know what my my client would be at home anyway. Um, but then also to do that from a place of enjoyment to enjoy what you're doing, I think that's fascinating. Yeah. To clarify how that story ends so we know that it ends with the product that's Huva, but it also ended with my wife still not having a web shop <laughs> i'm glad you said that i thought you said she was going to leave you because you she wasn't happy with you <laughs> no, no. She, yeah no definitely she, not um she's happy with how things are turning out but um she still needs that that uh, that web shop um yeah which yeah so um She's super patient and uh, she understands that I have a lot going on currently, but uh, the plan is still, so um, the plan actually is now to build our shop in the public. 
So what I want to do as soon as I have a bit more time on my hands, I want to start creating videos, just building her shop from scratch. Um, and that would perfectly display uh, from beginning to end what's needed to build a shop with Huva and uh, show the, also give some handles for those that, that um, um, are entering the Magento space. I want to see it from, from the moment that you set up the project to deployments to, uh, to a server. Um, I think it's, uh, it will be a very good exercise for me, but also uh, um, for people to, to learn the basics of Viva. It's Definitely, and I. Um, sorry, sorry, Paul. Um, and yeah, just to just to say something about Hoover there. It's it's really it's nice to finally be in Magento land and be up to date, um, and use modern tooling. Like I think you know, since you know, with Magento one, we have to use Zen framework, not kind of doctoring for our databases. Um, and with Magento two, we actually had to use Knockout, which I'd argue is deprecated by the time you know magento even started to use it you know um so for for us uh, like it's been it's been fantastic to get kind of excited about front end again um because that was always the kind of scary part of of the magento of the magento build um or the ecosystem is is the front end just because we knew particularly when we've got magento one as a comparison like and and you know loads of statistics on how how long it took us to build those sites like comparing that to magento 2 is always scary um and yeah now now that we've got hoover um as, as our answer like it's it's nice and it's modern um and you know developers are enjoying using it so um yeah it's, it's been fantastic for us to to kind of bring that in well and for anybody that doesn't know what hoover is is it oh, we're going to introduce that? it now when we're yeah, 30 well, minutes into the podcast <laughs> 30 minutes in what we, we might hoover as well thing? We might as well. Um, and no, we're not talking about a vacuum cleaner. We're talking about obviously front <laughs> front end development themes. But yeah, go on, uh, Willem. If you if you if you were to give the kind of uh, headlines of of what it is and what the differences are between in a, a, a regular implementation on something like Luma. Yeah. So I went ahead when I when I started building that web shop for my wife. Um, I started with deleting everything from the front end from Magento. So I, I stripped Luma of anything that's being rendered. So I ended up with an empty page and um, I started building it up component per component. So just, just bits by bits, I added backend features, um, completely rewriting every line of HTML, uh, redoing the, the styling, the CSS and redoing all the interactions with a new JavaScript framework that's um, very modern and fun to work with um, and very lightweight. Um, so right now, Huva Teams is more or less a collection of tools. It's, it's, it's more than just a team, actually, because we're also trying to touch some of the um, backend functionalities and making working with the front end more um, more enjoyable, more straightforward. And a few things that Magento um, pledged it would do or like um, things they deprecated and tell us not to do anymore as a developer, but it still exists in the core. Um, we rewrite some of those things into uh, more, more proper solutions, um, which, which makes it a bit more robust and more reusable. And um, every bit of code that I'm putting into that front end um, 
is kind of isolated in a way that you can put it anywhere on the page. Um, so it, it, it has a bit of the, um, the ideas that that React and, and the Vue have, as in you're working very much on component base um, and uh, things are uh, interchangeable uh, because the grant scheme, my, my big plan for the future is to have this UI library um, where you could just pick elements for your Magento store, be it content elements like uh, banners and different layouts for content or new subscription forms, um, um, newsletter subscription forms, um, different layouts for your menu, for the gallery, for swatches. Um, so I want to have like different flavors and tastes of all these components and you can just drop them into your Magento team and they just work. Um, and you change the styling a bit and then you just compose your team and build your own components um, based based on those, uh, which is very much how the Tailwind ecosystem works. Tailwind has an official Tailwind UI uh, library, uh, which is a commercial uh, commercial set of uh, components that you can just copy and paste as raw HTML and put into your website. And um, I I want to build the same thing, but for Magento, so including the Magento logic that's needed to render those elements. Um, so that's that's where I'm planning to be, hopefully in in a year, um, being feature complete with uh, with with um, with the base uh, functionalities of Magento Open Source and the Commerce uh, Edition, and having some of those tools surrounding it um, that make that make developing Magento teams fun, um, and. Um, yeah, that that aspect is going uh, is is going beyond what I could have expected. Um, I knew that a lot of people were going to like it very much because I enjoyed it very much, and my colleagues at Intergenet enjoyed it so much that they that they were fighting who could take on the next project with Huva. Uh, internally, and they, they didn't know how fast to drop PWA solutions. They actually started rebuild. They were eight months into a PWA project, and they dropped the project and redid it in two months with Huva. They hadn't even finished. The, the customer wanted to um, finish before Christmas, I think, and they couldn't. It was impossible to deliver because it, they just couldn't properly um, um, calculate. How much hours were still left? They, 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 because there were just too many unknown uh, factors on that, um, and they knew exactly how much time it would cost with Huva. Um, within two weeks, they were convinced that it was the tool that they wanted to use from there on, um, and they were at a impasse at, at that moment. Like, okay, so Vue storefront is not working out. We tried the other things that are not working out for us as an agency. We can't really sell Luma anymore because it, that's not getting any better anytime. Um, so we're going all in on Huva and and um, it's, um, yeah, to, to I'm finding back my line of thought. Um, so they were super enthusiastic, and then I thought, well, there's there's going to be people that are really going to hate it because it's. Um, the way that Tailwind works, you put a lot of syntax into it, HTML. And actually, um, I haven't got... There's, there's, there's 
two or three people that still don't really like to work with it. But no one's told me that it's other crap yet. Um, so so that's, um, that's amazing for me. It, it also feels like if you're getting so much positive feedback of people that are telling you that, you, that you're changing their lives, um, that, that their work is actually fun again, and, and now they want to continue doing Magenta work, where they were really lost in a place where they didn't know what would happen if, if they would have to move to the PWA space. Um, I don't want to speak on behalf of Ben Crook, who's a lead front end developer at Space Forty Eight, but I think he was one of the he's one of the same people in the same situation, and you know he's a complete convert. Uh, from a when I look at it from from the outside looking in, because I'm I'm not a developer, um, easily the definitely not the most intelligent person on this call. But the when when we look at the the benefits to a merchant because a lot of the benefits that you're talking about here are actually from a development perspective but the the byproducts of the benefit of the development perspective um taking away um people being happy and motivated and, and not you know not not feeling um too negative about when small changes come through on a front end uh you know for for a magento site um, the the byproduct, it, a lot from what I can gather, um, is, is generally centered around speed, both speed of development, but then also the output of speed and and, and the speed that comes through on the actual um, front end. Should we talk a little, just to touch on a little bit about what you see being the key benefits from a merchant perspective? Absolutely. Um, so what I'm being taught by my actual um customers, which are the agencies and the developers working with it, because I'm, I'm not putting myself too much between um, uh, the, the agency and the, and the, and the merchants themselves. Um, few exceptions, um, but um, in general, um, these agencies are telling me that they're cutting 30 to 50% of development time on the front-end build. And that was one or two people early on. And uh, I myself took it with a grain of salt. Like, okay, it's great that it works for them. And they are in the Laravel space. So that was El Gentos, actually, uh, my friends from the northern of the Netherlands, um, who were really early on already um, uh, proclaiming such a, such a time, time um, uh, benefit. Um, but now more and more people are finishing up their first projects um, and are telling me that it went way faster than they um, um, than a Luma build would. We had this uh, this uh, the first official Hufa meetup last week, um, which is available on on YouTube um, on our Hufa YouTube channel, um, where Ryan Copeland uh, from a, a also British agency. Um, uh, give a showcase of their first project that's almost going live. Um, and their key benefits were that they actually cut front-end development time into two, into half. Um, and their project manager thought something was wrong because she would expect to be over time or within time, but not so much within budget. Um, so... Yeah, it, it, it makes developers happy. It makes project managers happy because they can predict how much time a feature would cost and the whole build. And it makes merchants happy because 
they can either cut their budget or they can get, get a lot more done with the same budget. Um, and beside that, you have what we already talked about, the, the front-end performance that will give you advantage over your um, um, advantage in your market on SEO uh, on, on SEO ground because Google will rank you higher if your webshop performs well on the Google Lightspeed and especially the, the core, uh, the three core vitals um, that are now most important. We we score green circles a hundred points across the board. There's a live Magento shop that has four times hundred points on Lighthouse. Um, I, I don't think on mobile, I have to say. So that's <laughs> that's trickier than than uh, than desktop. Um, and I, I I haven't seen any other web shop built on any system that scores that high. Uh, without just saying, well, it's easy. I can I can post up a HTML file with with a link to PayPal to pay for a product, and I'll score hundred points across the board. Um, but um, this is a full featured web shop. Um, and we're up to the point where we almost implemented all of the features of Luma, and still we haven't degraded the front-end performance. So, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're able to, to bring back all those functionalities in a more simple way that still work nicely and perform very fast. What what are the this is a this is maybe a question that we maybe should have briefed in advance. But what what are the areas that you think uh, the areas that are either weaknesses or areas that you personally want to improve or enhance from where it's at today? Are you completely happy with the products as it is in the market, or are there areas of it that you think no, we need to we need to improve you know this aspect of it or that aspect of it? Because obviously the product the product itself is still in the grand scheme of things it's relatively new into the market, right? We launched, so we, we announced it in October last year, 2020. Um, I showed a first demo and announced that it was going to be a commercial product. And we launched February 12th. Um, and um, we're now three months in, a bit, a bit more. And uh, we have close to 100 agencies working with it. Um, and uh, many of those are saying that they're going to fully switch to Huva for the front-end builds. Um, and we're, we're somewhere in the 800 members on Slack, mostly developers. Um, and um, concerning maturity of the product, I guess that's that's more or less what you're what you're getting at. Yeah, uh, what 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 I'm trying to what I'm trying to put across is a, a balanced view um, of you know. There are huge benefits of this. Sometimes, like well, I have run a couple of sites through the page speed scores myself, and it's almost too good to be true. And I mean that with all respect. Like it's actually, you know, you look at it and think, is this a Magento site or is this like a one, like you said, a one-page HTML file or something? Mm -hmm. um, so I think the the, abs the benefits are absolutely there. But I'm just thinking, you know, are there, what are the areas that you're thinking, you know, that are the areas for improvement, you know, in because you can always improve on everything, obviously. Absolutely. Um, we're, we're still building out some of the core features, uh, but I think we have more features covered than any PWA solution. Um, so we're, we're really close to getting full feature coverage for uh, the open source version. 
Um, then we definitely have a lot of ground to cover with the commerce uh, version, which uh, you guys are helping with. So that's that's amazing. And um, we have uh, other partners as well that are collaborating on this. Um, so I'm not putting that entirely out of my own hands because I want to collaborate and, and build those features out myself as well. But um, there's just so many things to do. And I think... Um, um, it really makes sense to collaborate with with agencies on this, um, but that's definitely one. Uh, I think the biggest downside right now, and what will remain, is um, that since we replaced the whole front end stack, um, none of the third party modules, well, none of the third party modules that have front end logic with a lot of JavaScript work out of the box. Yeah. Um, Backend related modules uh, mostly, well, all just work out of the box. But as soon as it touches front end, the more JavaScript is in there, the more work you need to do to make those work again. So that means that we can't fully tap into the marketplace or the extension um, market that you that that Magento has, which is, I think, one of its biggest strengths. But we have an extension mechanism the mechanism for extensions still works because we depend on Magento core features there. We, we kept in everything that we liked and that we thought that was good. So this is one of them. Um, it's also that um, most of the most of the alternatives currently, um, they, PWA Studio doesn't even have extensibility. Yeah, they suffer from the same yeah. problem, don't they? Um, well, they, they have a bigger problem because it's not only that there are no compatible modules yet, um, you can't extend on PWS Studio yet, or maybe just recently, but I, I know it's a, it's a topic that, that, has been, um, uh, that has been dragging along for a long while that people are like, okay, so when, when, when will that be ready? So the extension vendors can jump on and we can actually get extensions. Now, looking at the future, that might all become features that are somewhere in the SaaS and API. Um, uh, so the, a plugin for Magento or for Adobe Commerce is going to mean something entirely different in the future. But yeah, yeah. that put aside, um, we've put a lot of effort in the last four weeks on um, starting to build out compatibility modules for third-party modules um, that are already on the market. We have this listing of modules that um, uh, our customers requested or are currently working on and they can collaborate and there's a voting system. So, um, for example, Amnesty Shop Buy is the most requested feature from, from Huva customers, so the agencies, and we're working on making that compatible ourselves. Um, now, a few um, extension vendors are putting in work themselves to make modules compatible, which is fantastic. Uh, others are holding back and waiting to see what the whole market is going to do, I think. Um, so we have a couple of uh, Miras fit modules that, that we made compatible. Um, we're working with a couple of uh, Magezon uh, modules that I like very much. They have very high quality modules that don't use a lot of JavaScript, which makes it a good fit for uh, our ideolo uh, ideology. Also makes it easier to refactor it. Um, so you can find a, a FAQ module with with a thousand lines of JavaScript, 
And then you can find the one from Matrizon that has 10 lines of JavaScript. Well, I know which one I'm picking um, <laughs> because they have the same features. They just use a different different technology stack. Um, so that's something that we're, we're really focusing on. We're bringing out videos, how to make modules compatible. We've read a lot of uh, documentation, props to uh, Finai Kopp for that, um, who's uh, working so much on uh, on these features and, and third-party compatibility modules. Um, and uh, he's, he's my... Um, um, is my uh, YouTube channel um, a fixed guest. <laughs> we, we have the sessions where we talk through uh, updates of, of Huva and uh, he, he built a Huva admin, which is the whole different topic. Let's not, let's not <laughs> go there now. Um, um, but um, yeah, that, that, that is definitely um, the most, um, the, the most questions are coming in uh, about module compatibility. And they we're working on that. Um, I also think if I really serves a market where you understand that customizing Magento really sh should or would be best if you do it um, uh, on custom builds, I think modules are, are really great. And especially when they serve one purpose, but as soon as you go into these mega modules that that do, if you need a label to display new or or sale on a product in your in your categories, you shouldn't need a module that also offers a hundred other uh, functionalities and drags down your your page speed with fifty percent. Um, so. Um, I think I, I, I'd like to see Huva as a bit of an artisan tool, like it's, it's a tool for developers to build the best possible Magento store. And you need a bit of knowledge to be able to customize the front end. And I think the days of just installing a team and installing some modules and have a good Magento store, those are past. I think if that's the kind of merchant that you are and the budget that you have, that fits more in a WooCommerce or in a, a Shopify uh, uh, ecosystem where, to be honest, the front-end experience isn't that great either because, the, yeah, um, they also use a lot of extensions and plugins that are heavy JavaScript-based and they're a bit um, uh, jQuery heavy and everything. You, you have slider scripts that, that are two megabytes. Um, so, um, I think that's a different territory. If if you want to have a proper working Magento store, it it requires a developer to do custom work. Um, and I'd like to build the best possible tool for a developer to build that front end, and then everyone profits. Then a merchant. I think we're we're putting Magento back into the hands of SMB of mid-size uh, merchants um, who haven't been able to afford Magento 2 for the past five years since it since it launched. Um, I mean, I moved from Magento 1 to Magento 2 with my own agency and immediately launched four shops on Magento 2.0 within one quarter uh, in the first quarter of a year. And um, I, those, those projects were on a Magento 1 um, uh, budget, uh, perhaps slightly more. 
but uh, I immediately cut myself there <laughs> many times. Um, and yeah, two, um, 2.0 was painful, wasn't it? Yeah, those, and it was supposed releases. to get better. Yeah, yeah it, it was supposed to get better and UI components would, would get better over time, but um, uh, we haven't seen that. And by now we know that that's also not going to happen. Um, if you ask Adobe, Luma is a lost cause. And and that was came straight from was it Eric Eric Irway when he was saying that they're going to do what they can to keep. I think they were saying to protect it for now, but over time it's it's going to be phased out either way on their side. Do, do you anticipate that they're going to basically create a competitor to what you've what you've done? Traction because people just got so um, excited and um, and and started to make a lot of positive noise there. So we we kind of became a um a counter counter noise or counter counter voice uh, against pwa um so that being said uh, what i expect of the future um i think magento for sure is going to deprecate the current front end yes um now deprecation hasn't meant that much in the past for magento I'm not really expecting it to make a big change here, apart from that they won't put effort in developing that further. They will market as deprecated, but it would be so much work to pull it out of the Magento monolith. Um, I'd be the first to applaud their efforts to pull Luma out of Magento because that would make my work easier to build Huva on top of Magento because now I first have to stri strip out Luma and then put Huva on and top then, of it and then implement a, yeah, the yeah. Front end that actually is yeah. modern and, and that actually works in, in in kind of modern modern practices. Yeah, so I I um, I don't expect that to happen, and I'm I'm half yeah. joking when I say I, I applaud it because it um, um, I think. I think there's also a future for that front end. Um, if you look at how long Magento 1 is still going on um, and how many people um, um, work on, with that on a daily basis, it's still going strong. And I expect the same for, for Magento 2 or for Luma. Um, they, they won't be able to shut that off. Um, they also won't be able to only deprecate the front end and pull out the whole layout mechanism that Huva uses because that's also integrated into the back end. So the back end and the front end have an overlap in technology. And if they only rip out the front end part, everything we do still works because that, that has the overlap with the back end. So only when they arrived at the stage where the Magento monolith is entirely obsolete. So that means they have replaced every admin feature with APIs. Only then could they stop supporting Magento as we know it, which for me feels years away. Um, also because with our whole storefront API, so the middleware that they are creating, um, they will have a long-term dependency on the Magento monolith as a backup system. So um, if you want to have backwards compatibility for some GraphQL features, um, that will come from, so they announced, they, they explained that at, at the Magento uh, Adobe Summit uh, recently, um, 
that's the plan. So, so the Magento monolith will serve its purpose for, for quite a while still. Um, so that feels far away, but that doesn't mean that I'm not anticipating them shutting Magento down or even pushing it off. Um, and I want to keep doing PHP Magento work in the long future. future. And most of our partners um, want to continue doing this. And most of our members uh, obviously want to keep working with this version of Magento. Um, and I can't predict right now what direction that will go. That depends on what Adobe does, what they do with the open source product. It will also depend on what the community does. If someone um, takes it upon themselves to create a fork of Magento 2 and uh, make that the new OpenMage or uh, OpenMage 2, um, we'll probably hook into that and support that and collaborate on that. If no one does that, um, we'll take it on upon ourselves, not just as Huva, but as a grander collaboration between uh, worldwide entities um, where, well, we're discussing with, with, with the right people now how feasible that idea is and, and where we can bring that. But Magenta 2 is not going away. Um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think the strength has always been in the community, hasn't it? So therefore, it makes sense for this community to now be the people that are driving it forward onto the next stage and and trying to trying to develop the things and the you know the, the features not only for, for merchants but for, for developers to actually enable us to to deliver the things that we need to deliver and, and you know, like you said earlier, time saving, you know, best quality product, latest tools and technology. Um, modernizing it so i think that that kind of um is is actually one of the things that means that i i agree definitely agree with that that it's definitely not going anywhere in that respect i just think it just needs to improve and it needs to evolve and i think this is just part of that evolution process yeah absolutely <clears throat> i think there's so much heart in the magenta community and yeah. so many people that are eager to um to to get to to step back into the old days of of open source uh, innovation and to build this product together, and um, yeah, I think in a way it will be really good for the, the um, for the future of Magento if the community would get their hands back on it. Um, we could actually start building new features and improving on stuff, and actually. Um, clean up the code base where all these deprecated things are just hanging around and never never picked up. Um, yeah, I think there's a, there's a whole world uh, waiting there. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm also really excited about that just to be able to, um, to offer a life beyond, uh, a, a life for Magento beyond Adobe, so to say. Uh, because I think it's it's pretty obvious that um, they're, they're not looking to keep this product around forever. Um, hopefully, we can we can collab collaborate with them on this and um, 
see how we how we can find the mutual interest um, in keeping Magento up. Um, so yeah, that's that's going to be really interesting. But that's not entirely in our hands. But um, as soon as we feel that it's needed, we'll take it into our hands um, and and set our own path there. Um, the, from Thomas, from from some of the things that we've we've been obviously looking at and, and getting feedback from on the Adobe Summit internally, obviously there's a big focus on the API first, like we've been discussing, a big push more towards headless, and then one thing that threw me a little bit is that you know that Adobe seems to be creating its own SaaS e-commerce platform and and what some of the steps might be, you know, eventually on their side. What, how do you see that situation evolving over time? Um, I think um, William is absolutely right about this. Um, Adobe, they they are trying to play to a different market um, and, and they're not hiding that they're creating their own SaaS platform. Um, there are specific sessions in, in the summit that we're talking about those and talking about the ways that they plan to um, kind of reinvent and and replace Magento features, um, and I think, um, like William said, um, they're more like what's probably going to happen in a few years' time is that they're not just going to deprecate the Magento, the old Magento front end, um, or, or rip out parts of it. They're likely to just deprecate Magento itself, um, and then I think that's where kind of Magento and Adobe Commerce are really diverging. Um, if, if I had to, if I had to place my bet, I bet that about five, five years time, there's going to be two separate platforms. There's going to be a, a SaaS platform called Adobe Commerce, and there's going to be a, a hosted platform called Magento that's more than likely supported by the community, more than likely developed by the community, but they're not going to be anything like each other. Right, okay, and then from a from a merchant perspective, do you, do you think that that more SaaS based or Adobe Commerce um, kind of option in the future is going to be more aimed at an enterprise audience? Is that is that what I've just picked up then from from what you guys are saying? Is that the more Magento products is based more like small medium enterprise businesses, whereas the Adobe Commerce is probably more of a play and a push towards those kind of enterprise level merchants, right? Yeah, I think so. I think I mean, that that's been that's been Adobe's MO as a company. They 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 provide a lot of products and and their products are widely used, but the primary customer is an enterprise customer. Um, so it just makes sense that their e-commerce platform is also going to be focused on that. Um, and again, like you said, it's all like what they're saying. It's all it's all API based. It's all headless. It's all uh, almost like a suite of tools that you build your own front end on top of or your, your own solution whatever whatever you need provide you need to provide and that's not necessarily what a normal mid-level merchant would do and not what a normal mid-level merchant has money for um they're the kind of merchants that that magento used to support the this is back in the magento one days is is the kind of merchants where you you install it, you maybe customize it slightly, but it's it's you don't need a huge budget to get to market. Um, and I think that's what Hubo is bringing back to Magento too, is, is the ability to, to get a store out on the market without having to have a huge budget and a huge timeline to get it done the way that you want it to. I think it's obviously 
no one knows the future, but I think based on based on what you guys are saying and what what we heard from the summit, I definitely think that that's a good uh, kind of conclusion and a, and a good place for us to uh, maybe put a pause on this conversation in this particular podcast. But you know, Willem, thank you so much for taking the time out and for for coming onto the podcast, and you know, thanks for talking to us about Hoover. We're obviously working very closely with you on this product, and you know, we want to make sure that. Um, as a community, we all get together behind it and, and try and really drive it forward. So, yeah, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. And, um, yeah, we'll we'll catch you on the next episode of the Space Bar podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, leave comments. You know, if you've got any questions or anything, uh, you know, please ping them through on LinkedIn and, you know, you'll be able to find any, any of our content on our website. So, be sure to visit space48.com. Thank you. You've been listening to Spacebar, a podcast brought to you by Space48. We're a UK leading CX and e-commerce platform specialist. If e-commerce content's your thing, then please be sure to subscribe to hear more. Do you like what you've heard or is there room for improvement? Please leave us a review and let us know what you think. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode.